Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, a podcast where we dig deeper into what it looks like to live a life where in the end, all that matters is God and people. Each week, we will have candid and authentic conversations about how every day brings a fresh beginning and that the best is yet to come as we work together to help fulfill the mission that Jesus has given us. Now, here's our host. Well, hey, welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast. I'm Robert, sitting here with Chad, and we've been going through a series talking about unity. And this week, we're talking about the devil of division. Now, some people listening might be going like, whoa, they believe in the devil and and, and all of that. But the reality is the Bible does talk about we do have an enemy. Talk to us a little bit about this enemy that the church has. My uh, 17-year-old son this past week... You know, if if you have teenagers, you're going to relate to what I'm saying, or maybe if you've had teenagers, meaning they're grown now. <laughs> um, he said something brilliant, you know, and and you're just looking for those little glimmers of hope, right? <laughs> yeah, even the way you just said that, you seem a little shocked. Yeah, no, I, I'm not shocked. I, he's he's great. He's my kid. He's also a teenager, but um, he said, you know, Dad, I know God's real, and I'm like, awesome, man. How do you know God's real? He goes, because evil's real. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right. And he goes, because if there wasn't God, I wouldn't know that it was evil. I wouldn't know the difference. So the fact that I look at it and go, that's evil, means there must be something else. So there has to be a God. That's right. And I'm like, dude, you just like, come here and hug me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, what do you want? I'll buy it for you. It was it was just a really good um, moment to see him thinking through those types of things on his own, you know, kind of philosophical approach. There has to be some kind of universal standard, moral code, something within us that makes us go, that's good, that's evil. The very fact that there's something in us that looks at something and goes, that's wrong, Mm -hmm. means there must be right. If we are a random collection of molecules that just came together as a result of a big bang and eventually we eased our way of that primordial ooze Mm -hmm. into what we are now— we wouldn't have any sense of right and wrong. We would just be, that is what it is, right? Survive, that's the problem with survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. So when you have somebody that says, I'm, I didn't know we were going here, but let's just let's go do there. it. When you have somebody who says, I'm purely a Darwinian evolution, you know, it's survival of the fittest. I'm like, do you believe in handicapped parking? Hmm. Well, why? Now, I believe in handicapped parking. I believe in taking care of those who are weak, but, you know, weaker in some ways. But why would you believe that? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you believe that women should have the same rights as men? Well, me too. But why do you believe that? As a Darwinian evolutionist, I thought it was survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that murder is wrong? Well, why? I thought it was just survival of the fittest, the strong win. So all of those things, you know, we're all uh, Doc Holliday on Tombstone. Our hypocrisy knows no bounds. But yeah, because we know what's right, because we would look at something and say that's evil— um, must mean that right exists and evil exists. And yeah, the Bible teaches we have an enemy and he hates our guts and we call him the devil. Yeah, it's hard to fit morality into an evolutionary scheme and go, oh, that makes sense. It's a survival of the fittest. And, and yet what's fascinating to me in modern time is, because uh, I have family members who are atheists who really believe in a lot of rights and stuff that I, I believe in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, you realize that comes from Christianity. Yeah, that's that's Jesus-based, whether yeah. you realize it or not. All charities, all caring for those who can't care for themselves. Um, I mean, I mentioned handicap argument. All of those kinds of things. I have a brother who's special needs. I talked about him last weekend. All, all of those things come from Jesus. Mm-hmm. So 
I just kind of put my hand on their shoulder and say, welcome to Christianity, you know? Well, good for your son to make that observation on his own to go, all right, there's there's darkness, which darkness itself is not a thing. It's the absence of something. It's the absence of light. And he's putting that together. There's going, brilliance in them, their genetics. <laughs> Got it from his mom. Excellent. So let, let, let's... let's <laughs> it, was a, it was a good moment, Robert. I'm celebrating it and putting it on the podcast. You're welcome. Excellent. Let's talk about evil. Let's talk about there. there is an enemy um, and, and his goal is to stir up evil, to drive evil, and, and his method is through lies. And specifically, so our enemy, it's the enemy of all humanity, but his number one target would be the church. Yeah, so he's the devil of, of division. Um, you just mentioned it. He does that primarily by lying. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus called him the father of lies. Um, he has a name. His name is Satan. I'm just thinking about this for a second. That name means accuser. Mm-hmm. So one of his goals to keep us divided is to keep us all accusing one another. Pointing fingers. Pointing fingers, yeah. right? And it makes me, reminds me of kindergarten. When you point at somebody, you got three fingers pointing back at yourself. But he's the accuser. Um, the Bible says in Revelation that he accuses us before mm-hmm. the throne of God both day and night. You know, lets God know why we're guilty. Mm-hmm. And yet God's grace through Jesus is sufficient for us. But yeah, he wants to keep us accusing one another. And um, I mean, really, other than the gospel message and, of course, Jesus, the second most talked about thing in the New Testament is unity. Mm -hmm. Most of those letters were written because there was a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes people will say, you know, I want to be like those original New Testament churches. And I'm like, no, you don't. They all sucked. I mean, when you got to write a letter and say, you guys stop arguing about meat. Uh, you guys stop arguing about something that, that doesn't matter anymore. Uh, by the way, that person that's having that affair with that person, you, you guys need to take care of that. That's weird. You know, th- those, those first churches were full of really messed up people. And so those letters are written to address that. And there's a lot of arguing in those first churches. Mm-hmm. He's the devil of division. He doesn't want us unified because there's power in unity. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that uh, I said recently is, you know, unity is purpose-driven. It's our mission. It's our purpose that keeps us unified. Well, what's our purpose? To help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. If he can distract us from our purpose, he can divide us. And if he can divide us and break down unity, he starts to win and laugh at us. And that's happening big time right now mm-hmm. in our church and in our country. Yeah. And if you go even further back in the Bible, so let's go to Genesis the devil's there and he's dividing. He's trying to create division between God and man through sin. And then you have that first family and you have division over religion between Cain and Abel. And and you just see that continue from the very first pages of Genesis. You see the accuser, you see Satan doing all that he can to create division. And then you get to the New Testament and here we are and it continues today. And And so when we're talking about, okay, this is the enemy strategy. How do you fight the enemy? And keep the enemy the enemy. Because right now in America, the enemy, it's each other. It's people. It's ideologies. It's politics. Um, I do remember there was this short season in American history after 9-11 where people were really unified because it went. everybody went, oh, we have a common enemy. Mm-hmm. And it became Al-Qaeda. It became terrorist cells and, you know, whatever. And everybody rallied together. Well, now we don't have that. So we're making it each other. How do we shift that back to... No, the enemy is the enemy, and how do we fight against the true enemy instead of fighting against each other? Well, I, I think um, you said something really brilliant there. 
um, having a con- common en- enemy unifies us. Yeah. So, thus Pearl Harbor. Yep. Right. We're unified. You mentioned nine eleven. We're unified. Or the Alamo for your your history. For I'm from Texas. <laughs> there, there you go. Right. Remember the Alamo, and then you win the Battle of San Jacinto for all you Texas historians. <laughs> I just read a book about that this summer. Um, but that common enemy unifies us. Um, to look at my brother or my sister in Jesus and remember they're not the enemy mm-hmm. is is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, we get distracted by the devil of division by making things more important than than Jesus. When your life is all about Jesus, um, and and he even says this in the prayer in John seventeen, he prays that we would be one the way he and, and the our heavenly Father. Are, are one the way that Jesus and the Father are one. So, so there's a there's a family side to our faith, and the thing that unites us again. There's a common enemy. It's not you. Mm-hmm. Uh, our war is not against flesh and blood, but against these powers that are at work in the world. That's Ephesians chapter six. Um, my enemy is this one who's trying to to divide us. Mm-hmm. It's it's not you. Um, one of the things, and this just crossed my mind. One of the things that I'm I'm learning. And then I'm trying to tell people that I trust. Um, if you really believe you're right about something, being right is a great burden. Explain that. Well, one of the things that divides us is the way we go about saying things. Proving our rightness. You can be right, but be wrong in the way that you're right, mm-hmm. which makes you wrong. It's like when my wife says, it's not what you said, it's how you said it, mm-hmm. Right. And then everyone, and, and you know, I used to roll my eyes and think, well, that's dumb. And, and then she does it to me and I'm like, it's not what you said, it's how you said it, right? Uh, being, being right is a, is, is a great burden. There, there are people that uh, are less mature than us. There are people that are more mature than us. Um, and, and we're all trying to love one another, keep, keep Jesus in the, in the top spot in our lives. And in the middle of all that, yeah, the devil's trying to, to distract us. Um, and he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. He's really good at it. So my wife and I, we did, um, we did some marital counseling. Let's give the devil his due. Yeah. He's good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did some marital counseling. And, and one of the things the counselor had us do and taught us to do is to look each other in the eye and go, you are not the enemy. Because when you get into conflict with somebody, you tend to vilify that person. You don't empathize. You don't see things through their lens their filter, whatever, all of a sudden they become the enemy and you're trying to win a battle. You're trying to fight them and be victorious. And so we had to learn in order for us to succeed in our marriage, we had to say out loud, you're not the enemy. Okay. You're not the enemy. We're a team and together we're going to work together to fight this conflict or to fight whatever the real enemy is here, which usually is just a difference in opinions and all that kind of stuff. But it shifts your thinking when you realize, okay, this person that I disagree with is not my enemy. But we can work together to find a solution against the true enemy. Yeah. So right now, um, you know, I'm on the social media fast. I'm I'm doing 40 days. Yeah. How and how far into it are you right now? And have you started twitching yet? Oh yeah, I started twitching immediately. By twitching, I mean I mean you know you're sitting um, you're sitting somewhere and nobody's talking to you, so you grab your phone to go on social media and you go, what am I? What was I doing again? Yeah. At, after a few days, that starts to go away. Yeah. But um, and and you realize, man, I'm in a much better mood, and my mind's a whole lot mm-hmm. quieter. You know, it's it's less uh, it's less stressful. Uh, what social media does is is it gives you enemies. That's the whole point of it. 
Um, it's it's rallying in the sense of an echo chamber, uh, people with a certain view to make people with the other view the enemy. I mm-hmm. mean, that's what it's designed to do. It's to keep you looking. It's to keep you on so that they can make more money from the people who are advertising to you. Uh, I'll say this again. Uh, if you're looking at social media, when I look at social media, we're not the customers. Mm-hmm. We're the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's our data. It's our information. It's our attention that's being sold to the true customer, which is the advertiser. Yeah. But how they do that is is they give us enemies. You know, I can't believe it, right? I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they thought that. You know, oh, I know. It's just completely, totally polarizing. So he's the devil of division. He doesn't want us to be unified. If we're unified, we're powerful. The only way that we'll be unified, because the church is to be uh, diverse but not divided. Mm -hmm. The church is supposed to be this beautiful picture that the world looks at and goes, what in the heaven is going on over there, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's a little bit of heaven in the real world. This is why Jesus said the world will know you by your love one for another. This is why in John 17 in that prayer, he said, I pray that they would be one so the world will know that they're from us. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's praying that to the heavenly father because it represents the, the kingdom of of, of God. When we're unified, the only way we'll be unified is if Jesus has the number one spot in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, our church will be unified when it's all about Jesus. When we love Jesus, serve Jesus, worship Jesus, when we're on mission with Jesus. And that brings unity. So you're saying social media is not building friendships? <laughs> I'm saying I got thousands and thousands of friends. Likes, yeah, <laughs> of, of of something on on there. No, it's it's not. Everybody knows it's not, and yet we're all looking at it like it's crack cocaine, right? Yeah. I mean, we are twitching. We can't get off of it. There's there's nothing about it, other than maybe when we talk about Jesus. All of the comparison thing makes us miserable. All of the you know, I'm right, they're wrong makes us miserable. Um. I don't know. There's there's some Netflix thing people have been telling me about. It. I haven't yeah, watched it no, yet. No, I got a text message about it too. Yeah, and it's uh, a the social, social dilemma. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, I, I had a conversation about the whole where the product thing with some another pastor a few weeks ago, and then I heard later about the Netflix deal. But I'm, I'll watch it. I haven't watched it yet. But um, I'm not anti social media. I'm anti division in the church. Well, and I think I think the reason why people are on social media is they're looking for connection. People are wanting friendship. They're wanting relationship. They're wanting that that kind of connection. Uh, it's just not effective. It 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 overpromises, underdelivers, or delivers something completely different without us even realizing. We got duped thinking social media was going to create all this connection. Yeah. Now I love seeing what everybody had for lunch. I love all the you know that's great. Thanks for posting that on social media. But it doesn't actually foster true connection. Talk about how the church is designed. Because the way God has designed the church is so that we could develop true connection with people, true friendship, all that social media has promised and not delivered. How can the church deliver that? Well, this is why the devil hates the church. There's several reasons. Um, Obviously, he doesn't want people saying yes to Jesus because he wants hell crowded, right? He um, And he wants heaven spacious. Uh, We want the opposite. We want heaven crowded and hell spacious. Um, so, So he hates all that. But it's more than that. So now, now let's go heavy. Okay. At least in the in the sense of theology, the devil hates community. The devil hates real friendship, real connection, because and and community is such an odd word. People don't understand what it means, and I, I get that. Real connection, real friendship, um, real community is the very essence 
of who and what God is. Mm-hmm. And the devil hates God, and he hates what God's trying to do with you and me. So, so let's break it down, right? This is why he's the devil of division, because he hates God and he hates you and me. God, in the very essence of who and what he is, is he is unity. He's unified because he's one and yet three, three and yet one. You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God. And then God creates Adam and Eve, this being who is three and yet one, one and yet three. And he says, okay, you two, I want you to become one. And we call this marriage and the Bible calls it a mystery. And we spend our whole lives working on oneness, right? So the devil wants to come in and break that up literally. And this is fascinating, right? Theology here. When I give my life to Jesus, I'm adopted into the family of God. Mm -hmm. Well, what's the family of God? It's the Trinity, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. So universally in the cosmos, I've now become part of God's family. I'm adopted into the family so I can call God Father the way that Jesus does, and which means Jesus is my brother and it's sealed by the Holy Spirit. And Robert, when you said yes to Jesus, you're adopted into the family, which means now both of us are part of the Trinitarian family that is the very essence of who and what God is. So now you and I are one in the sense of community and unity, the way that the Father and the Son are one, if we lean into the power of the Holy Spirit. It, it, is, it is an amazing thing. This is why, so last week, um, I'm, I'm hanging out with uh, a person of color. He, he's a pastor. He and I couldn't be more different. I mean, if you walked in, it's not just because he's black, different background, different. I mean, he's from inner city Chicago, and I'm from Mesquite, Texas. You can't get any more opposite than that, right? His upbringing, my upbringing, two totally different things. There were guns involved, but it looked different. You with me? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he and I are, are sitting, and we had like a three and a half hour conversation. Some of it were arguing. Some of it were just misunderstanding each other. But I love that dude. He's my brother. He he loves me. Um, he's starting a church. I'm helping him with some with some of that. And we are unified. Why? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit in the our same lives. Same capital S Spirit of God who's in him is the same capital S Spirit of God who's in you, and that connects the two of you. We are diverse. Yeah, but we are not divided. Now politically, he's going to go probably a different route than me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we want the same things. He just believes in a different way to get there. And so I'm letting him know how wrong he is, right? And, 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 and vice versa. But, but the devil wants to keep he and I divided. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet, in that moment, I'm with this guy who couldn't be more different than me. And we had moments in that conversation when I, I couldn't have loved him more and, and vice versa. This is what the world needs. You want to know how to end racism? It's Jesus. Mm -hmm. You want to know how to end poverty? It's Jesus. You want to know how to end all the kinds of crazy, broken stuff Mm -hmm. in the world? It's Jesus. And the church is sitting around putting our hope in all this stuff that is not the answer. Yeah. Jesus has been the answer, is the answer, will be the answer. It's his kingdom come, his will be done on earth and it is in heaven, and it changes things. And so um, I'm kind of preaching a sermon now. Well, so I want to ask you one more big question here. So this is kind of the what of what's going on. I want to know the why. So why does the devil hate God? Why does the devil hate community? Why does the devil want to divide the church? What's the motivation? Because the devil wants to be worshiped. Mm -hmm. Um, If if you don't know the scriptures, I'm going to say it quick. The devil led a coup in heaven. He was the worship leader, Mm -hmm. right? 
always pray for the worship leaders in the church. It's a hard job. Uh, but he's, he's, I love worship leaders. Don't take that and make that mean something I didn't mean. I love all They're listening you. to music right now, not this podcast. Yeah, that's, it's that's all right. right. Um, the devil's the worship leader in heaven. He decides he wants to be worshiped and, instead of the Lord God. Uh, a third of the angels go with him. Um, and he does not have the opportunity to repent. He does not have the opportunity to experience the grace of God. His pride won't let him do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Why does the devil hate God? Because he's proud. Mm -hmm. Thus, he wants to be worshiped. Uh, Pride is the original and greatest of all sins. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's the one thing that keeps us from receiving the love and the mercy and the grace and the wonder of who God really is. Um. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's 1 Peter 5, 5, second part of the verse. Um, Pride keeps us from being unified. Uh, By the way, the devil's lying to himself about the whole worship deal. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's called false pride. Mm -hmm. That's why you can be wrong in the way that you're right. The devil's never been right, but you see what Mm -hmm. I'm getting at? That pride is what makes us sinful and at war with one another. but and humility and, allow, allows love in. Humility allows community. Humility uh, allows us to be one. And when our lives are about Jesus and not about us, yeah, we're good. When our lives are about us, guess whose team we're playing for? Yeah. Pride's in alignment with the work of the devil. Pride says I'm right. Pride mm-hmm. says I'm not giving in. Pride says I don't care what you think. Mm-hmm. Humility says whether I'm right or wrong, what does it mean for me to follow Jesus here? Right or wrong about my little T-truth, my little opinion here. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's what keeps us unified, all about Jesus. If it's not about Jesus, it's going to be about something else, and there's going to be discord. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many times I've been fighting with my wife, and I'll have this little voice that says pray, and I'm like, I don't want to pray. Yeah. Because when we pray together, because I'm wanting Jesus to take my side, Jesus doesn't take sides, he takes over. Yeah. So, yeah, he's the devil of division. We keep it about Jesus, we'll be okay. We get distracted because he's the devil of distraction too. Yeah. Uh, it, it divides us and makes us weak. Well, next week we'll continue this. We'll talk about truth and we'll talk about the difference between little T truth, capital T truth. But before we sign off here, I do want to invite people that are listening or watching. We're going to be doing some Q&A stuff at the end of this series. And so if you would email us in, you can do a voice recording and email it to us at podcast at sunvalleycc.com. Did I say that right? I think so. Podcast at sunvalleycc.com. Yeah, that's right. Podcast at sunvalleycc.com. Or you could just type out a question and we'll try and answer as many of those as we can in the Q&A. And uh, so that'll be coming up here at the end of this Unity series. So thanks for joining us. We'll be talking about truth next week. Yeah. And when they send those in, that's an ask anything, right? Oh, yeah. Anything. Anything. All right. Let's be diverse, but not divided. Let's follow Jesus. In humility. Thanks for joining us this week on the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to us so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you left us a review or shared this podcast with a friend. Doing that will help us reach and help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, You're always welcome to join us online or in person for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc. Thanks for joining us.